the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. And we are live, everybody, with that combat cast. A man they call Dave and Sheva Rooney. We're going to talk some combat sports, a little fight main event this weekend, her mansion versus Strickland. Before we get into today's topic, Chevy, what do we got coming up? We got on February 12th, UFC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker 2. So everyone get hyped. We're finally going to get a big, big card again. So the week after on the 19th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus Fazeev. That's going to be some Rafael on Rafael violence. And then at the end of the month on the 26th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night, Dariush versus Makachev. Good one. That's a good one. I thought this weekend's card, I wasn't overly impressed about. I talked to you, so I thought, which it kind of makes me sad because this is UFC Fight Night 200. Yeah. Thought, you know, they don't give a shit. Like, like, you know, they care about their pay-per-view still, you know, but like as far as their fight nights go, they're like, yeah, this is what you get. They just, yeah, be happy you're getting a fight. That's what they. Yeah, yeah. they try to give us a decent main event and then the rest is. It is what it is. You hope that stylistically you get some good fights. When I hear the thing with WWE, it's the same thing like with Peacock. They have their streaming service with ESPN. They're paid already. They're making X Mm -hmm. amount. So it's not as like there's this urgency to push a lot of this stuff, which is another topic entirely we didn't really talk about beforehand. But I mean, I think that's kind of apparent. I mean... Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like we're They're still, I think, trying to push the main events on, you know, and the pay-per-views... But the cards definitely suffer. Right. Well, name value for sure. The great thing about MMA is two people 
that have no names at all could put on fight of the year, you know, and right. it happens every week. There's fights that nobody's watching that are amazing. So just because, you know, we don't know the fighters doesn't mean it won't be a great fight. So that's why I like to watch, you know, as early as I can on the prelims all the way to the end. I think I heard Luke Thomas say this one time too. If you're into just the like, major storyline guys and you just fall on like a hype train or something like that like you're probably not gonna last you have to be invested a little bit more if you want to be a longtime fan right i think you'd be better off with like a pro wrestling if if that's like your main goal because you're gonna get those great stories and personalities all the time so yeah i agree with him if you're a fan of the actual sport you're gonna find value in every fight maybe not every fight but you know the early fights where you don't know people that that's where you know you can see stars before they're made so if you want to be a hipster say i knew i knew them before they were a star i will say this though as a pro wrestling fan just a personal opinion though i think that there is something special about when there's a truly good story, a good grudge match in MMA. And I don't think it gets any better because pro wrestling, yeah, you might be able to tell this great story and stuff, but, but in MMA, you'll see you legitimately, a lot of times, like you don't know the ending. Yep. And it's real, it's authentic, especially when it's authentic. I mean, the guys have, and the girls have learned after a while, hey, we might be able to like, talk shit and get some money and that's not just wrestling floyd mayweather Muhammad Ali, everybody's been doing that for years but yeah to me there's nothing better when mma and ufc do it and i would say for the people who do like those storylines stuff like that find some other stuff you like too but you that's the beauty of mma ufc you don't have to watch every card it's not mm-hmm. storyline driven business so when you find that thing about as good as it gets i think that's right personally. one of the things you had brought up to me before we got on that henry cejudo is in the testing pool chael sonnen recently broke this story he said he recently talked to uh henry and henry said that he's back in the training pool training twice a day and that he wants Volkanovski, to which Sonnen had told Zahudo, I know you want Volkanovski, but Volkanovski's already got an opponent, and it's not you, so are you willing to get in there and take another contenders? And he said, I couldn't get an answer. So we know Henry wants to probably skip the line. Dana has made comments that, you know, something along the facts that, you know, we're not going to let him just come in here, (laughs) skip the line, which is, you know, exactly what we did with GSP. I'm going to let you... Talk about this, but first, I'll just say this. This is what I think where Dana's coming from. It's not necessarily fair, but it's not fair. It's never been fair. So, but I think the thing with Cejudo is, like we just talked about, he doesn't have that name value that a GSP does. Dana didn't like doing that with GSP, who had a name. And then GSP took the belt and he went home. Dana hates that shit. I think he'd prefer that everybody just lose the title and then move on so we can build another star. Mm-hmm. With Cejudo, you're not even going to get that giant GSP like payday that he would with a GSP. So he's not bringing anything to the table other than pure athleticism and just skill and an Olympic pedigree. And us hardcore fans really would love to see because we know that that's an exciting fight. Your thoughts and maybe who do you think would be a contender he might face? I'll throw you a little curveball to get this fight 
So as far as Dana and Henry going back and forth, I'm with everyone on this, by the way. I can't explain this, but we picture GSP, you know, as arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Well, Cejudo, you know, he calls himself the greatest combat athlete of all time, which, you know, his accolades prove or show that, you know, he has an argument for that. But for some reason, whether it's because of the weight classes that he's competed in or his cringy, like terrible, terrible buildups to promote fights or, or whatever, he doesn't really get that respect from fans or from Dana. Like you said, he's not really the big name that he thinks he is or he, sh- he should be. And, and arguably, he should be. But Dana runs a business. It's all about making money. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that fight, it's not going to make enough money to warrant him jumping the line, especially because G- GSP did jump the line. He beat Bisping and then he peaced out. Um, they don't want Henry to do that. Henry has only talked about becoming the triple champ, not coming in and dominating the division for years to come or anything like that. So I don't think he's going to get that fight. Obviously, Volkanovski has a fight booked. I think that Cejudo should face like a Giga, maybe Mm. one more before a title fight. I have a little unfair advantage. I'm looking at the rankings now, and it's funny. Give me the top five. Who's the top five? Yeah, Ego's the name I was looking at because I was trying to think of guys size wise he matches up with. Like Bryce Mitchell was like the next guy, and it's that, like he I think talking. has a fight lined up yeah, as but, well. Oh, so those guys are number nine and a number eleven. This is the top five if he wants to beat one of the top five. <sighs> Let's start off. Max Holloway. <laughs> he doesn't want that fight. That's a Brian bad match. Yeah. Maybe Yair is a better matchup. I, I but I don't like it either. That's not a bad matchup for Cejudo. He had he's good with that, you know, karate style. Right. But you know, Yair fights long with his right. legs, and Cejudo's not going to finish him. So unless he, you know, submits him, so that's a tough matchup as well. After that, the last two we got is Korean Zombie and Calvin Cater. I think durable, bigger guys. Are yeah. Gonna bully him. Yeah, I really think Volkanovski is his best matchup wise just because yeah. they're you know similar heights everyone in that division is tall like 511 510 you know tall i just don't see henry being able to deal with that i mean his wrestling obviously is phenomenal so if he can get inside he can take guys down but he's not going to have that same strength that he does at you know flyweight or bantamweight He's not a big bantamweight. Right. He's a guy that could fight at flyweight, and he probably walked around at bantamweight, so that's fine. But there's bigger bantamweights than him, and now you're talking about going up one other weight class, and that's where it's right. like, oh. <laughs> right. I, I Speaking of opponents for him, I'd like to see him fight Corey Sandhagen at bantamweight. You know, let's see how he does with that. I, I don't even think he could beat Corey, you know, the way Corey right. uses his yeah. length and everything. But and I know people might give us a hard time about this, but I think we're going to agree on this. I don't think he beats TJ at Bantamweight. Uh, <laughs> like, no, that's uh, a better yeah. matchup, maybe yeah. size wise, but it's not the same when you fought this kid, at especially flyweight. being off for you know, however long he's been off, you know, right. I know he has that mentality, you know, obviously that winner's Olympic. Yeah. mentality but i mean to his credit that is the x factor he is a former olympic gold medalist and he's won championships and two weight classes and particularly the flyweight one is interesting because he got out class originally by mighty mouse and whether you thought he won the second fight or not it was extremely competitive and 
to make that kind of jump and comeback, it's 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 spectacular. And mm-hmm. honestly, if he hadn't lost that fight, they never. I mean, obviously, they're never going to do a third one now anyway. It probably looks like, but it would have warranted a third match. Like he was that good, and that mentality that he has. That's right. that's something special. Yeah, there's a he has a toughness that you know can't be taught. So I will say this though. You can also look at it another way too. I don't, but you can. Arguably beat Mighty Mouse. Then he fought TJ at Flyway, you know. So but TJ was completely a ghost of himself. Oh yeah, ghost of himself. And then he won the title for Marlon Marias when it was vacated. And Marlon was not ended up being I mean Marlon is good, but he ended up not being the guy that we thought he was at Bantamweight. And and Marlon hurt Suhudo too. Yeah. He just got tired and right. you know, Suhudo used his his mentality, you know, his right. toughness, his his Olympic, you know, winning mentality to just push through that. And he saw that Marlon was tired, he knows that he's a quitter and he broke him and right. he ended up winning. So yeah, that mentality is good, and it will get you so far. But does it get you by Sanhagen? Does it get you by Dillashaw at Bantamweight? Does it get you by Aljamain? Does it get you by Yawn? Those are the questions we probably need to ask and wonder ask. But to Cejudo's credit, I get it. He's conquered both these belts. He's trying to put himself in the position for the biggest money pay fights and make himself look as marketable. He can say, I won these three titles. But he's, he's doing what he can. But unfortunately, you don't really draw the money and... Right. They don't necessarily want to help you. Yeah, they don't want to play ball. Exactly. In fact, this is actually a good segue. They don't want you getting that big. (laughs) Because we were just talking about this. There's another interesting topic, I thought. Eddie Hearn, boxing promoter, talked about Conor McGregor. And one of the things he talked about was the UFC mentality, basically, that they don't want people to get too big. And he talked about they did a really good job of building up what a UFC contract means, how special it is. You have people fighting in Bellator and, oh, man, like I'd love to get that UFC contract. And it's special. It's a big deal. They are the brand and the brand is the biggest thing. But, you know, like Hedy was saying, with Connor, it's probably a headache for them because he got bigger than the brand. And although they made money, this is probably not it's probably not a great situation for them. They don't really probably typically enjoy this. And I think this has a lot of merit. I think we both agree that at the end of the day, and we didn't plan this, but talking about the Cejudo thing, I just think it's a great example. Like they're they're not trying to get you bigger than the UFC. You can be here. And if you do more great and we'll take it, but I think personally, this has a lot to do with what's happening to Francis right now. I think they don't want to pay Francis. They want to, you know, shut him down, prove he's not bigger than the UFC, you know, that they would not, that the UFC will continue to go on without Francis and Francis may not do well outside the UFC, which I I don't think is right. But I do think that Connor becoming bigger than the UFC has hurt a lot of the other fighters just in the fact that they don't ever want that to happen again. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, I Joe in the comments there talking about he missing AJ. I don't know. We all do. We all do. (laughs) Tell us where he is. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, man. I will say, I think there's a lot of merit to this. And this is, again, talking about a little pro wrestling because pro wrestling is the kissing cousin of combat sports here. I think this has been talked about in WWE before, where guys like Stone Cold, Rock, Hulk Hogan, yeah, you made money. It's great. We love it at the time. 
But, hmm, we can't really tell you what to do, can we? Because now you're bigger than us. And I think this is a problem guys like Vince McMahon and Dana White run into as the promoter, where they built up their brand as the big thing, and it works. But the problem is you're trying to promote stars. You want stars. And I think, as a fan, it kind of sucks because we're not getting the biggest possible stars sometimes. Right. It's a delicate balance that the UFC needs to strike and they're excellent business people in that office. They let Connor get away a little bit. I mean, they made their money off it, but I don't see them letting that happen ever again. No, not while Dana white is in charge anyway. Yeah. If we get a different promoter, you know, you might see something different, but. While we have Dana, no star is going to get bigger than the UFC again. You know, it's interesting. Let's continue to segue here. We'll take a, a couple fighters. They're no longer in the UFC. And one of them being Megan Anderson. And I'm going to write this as an Instagram post uh, she put up yesterday. For those asking and continuing to ask me daily, I have no plans to fight right now. I'm not saying that I will never fight again. But at this point in my life, I'm loving everything else I'm doing. From gaming and streaming working as an analyst for ESPN and Invicta, and currently filming my first major feature film, I couldn't be happier, and fighting really isn't on my mind. I'm currently not affiliated with any gym and not signed to any promotion right now, and I haven't been pursuing a new fight contract. I appreciate the love and interest from everyone, hoping to see me in the cage again, and hopefully this answers your questions for now. Personally, I thought this was just awesome. It's great for somebody who... You know, she she has other options and she's not tied down and, you know, she's not going to just get in the cage. And, and it's, it's she's in an unfortunate predicament because, again, talking about star power and stuff like that, she was in a weight class that didn't really have stars. You had Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, who jumped up. And that was really about it. Bigger weight classes for women has never been a priority. It is, in fairness, women in MMA is still very new mma is still new in the big picture so women is even newer but again maybe i wonder if we could have found more opponents if we could have like you know out there and i get maybe you don't want to put on any old fight you know but maybe i i I wish i feel like they could do more with these divisions and then maybe you would have stars and megan Anderson could be a star she's clearly smart she's got a look and she's got a personality and i think she's skilled but she had to get rushed to the top And she got into fights she wasn't ready to fight. Right. Well, apart from, you know, the UFC not promoting the or building the division, I think as a fighter, once you have that doubt in your mind that you don't, you may not want to continue, it's a good time to jump out. If she has other options, she should absolutely pursue those other options. You don't want to get punched in the face, then (laughs) don't go in there and get punched in the face. You know, if you're a fighter, pursuing the belt is your goal. It needs to be your only vision the only thing you see and think about i would imagine you know and as soon as you start to falter on that a little bit i think it's time to probably jump out and uh, seems like that's what she's doing if if she decides she changes her mind and she can't live without it i'm sure she's gonna find a, a spot on a promotion probably gets her pick so if she's going to be safe at home streaming video games and talking on the tv and getting paid you know, as much or near or more, maybe I can't falter for doing that. Absolutely. I think at the end of the day, that's just what we're all saying is good for her. 
Mm-hmm. Also, some news is coming in too. Scott from Voluntown just sent us this in the group. Ian, I always struggle with his name. Kudabella. Oh, Kudalabra? Kudalabra, yeah. He's taking on Ryan Span, Fight Night 202. Ooh, okay, okay. So, That's oh, a wait, good nope, matchup. Nope. That is now off. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. What <laughs> we well, missed you. <laughs> what you could have been. <laughs> in fact, actually, I'll look up why that is off. You know, in other news too. Jeremy Stevens just signed with the PFL recently. Another fighter that you know he's had a lot of fights. To me, I think if you're a fighter like Stevens is right now, and a lot of these guys, the PFL is such a great thing that's out there for him because you can bet on yourself. And you could potentially become, you know, win a million dollars. Right. You know, like Jeremy Stevens was not going to get a million dollars in the UFC, <laughs> you know. And I, it, it's interesting because the PFL is not bigger than the UFC. It's probably never going to be. But I hope it does well because it creates a nice niche for a lot of these fighters to possibly make a ton of money and be successful. A guy like Stevens to get this opportunity at this point in his career. And I don't know, the PFL does have good talent. So there's no, it's not a layup. This guy's going to win a title by any, you know, win a million dollars by any stretch. But I love the fact that he has this opportunity. And I do wonder sometimes this guy's contracts come up. Guys that are in like a, maybe he still has a contract with him, but a guy like Henry Cejudo, I would be going down there and trying to win a million dollars all the time. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the UFC they're going to continue to let people go like this. I mean, I believe Steven's lost like six fights in a row or something like yeah. that. He's been around forever. He probably was at the upper end of the pay scale. It was probably the right business decision to let him go. And with like Dana White's contender series or whatever, they're, you know, they're signing new fighters all the time. They they already have 500 plus fighters on the roster. I think you're going to continue to see more fighters of Jeremy's ilk being released and it's good that they can find another promotion to go to and fight you know khabib just started his eagle fc we missed the boat on that one unfortunately we'll have to catch the next one but pfl i think is the most readily available or most accessible mma promotion you just have to have espn it's on espn so right you know they do a lot of they have a Speaking in American sports, you know, they have a season and points and all this that it's approachable for someone coming from a different American sport, you know. So I think they're useful for all of MMA. And it's good to see that they they do get some high level talent. Do I think Stevens is going to go there and win the million dollars? No, I don't think he is. I think he's going to get beat by someone we've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. I think he's just at that point in his career. Uh, and also, the PFL does have talent. They just aren't as good at building stars as the UFC is. Nobody is. So. They don't have the name value. Yeah. Right. They'll get there. They're they're a newer promotion. But, I mean, maybe not. The UFC might be the end-all, be-all of all MMA promotions, but... I do want to talk about one more topic before we talk about this weekend's main event. But when you talked about the losses, Jeremy Stevens pointed up and this week's fight card, I do want to point out one of the um, great mysteries in MMA to me, Sam Alvey, who I got a kick out of. I'm just Smiling looking Sam. At, looking at his record here, he has lost. He has one draw sandwich in here. He lost four in a row. He got a draw, and then he lost two in a row. <laughs> He has not won a fight since 2018. All right. Uh, John Vellante. (laughs) Let me jump in here real quick. First of all, John Vellante, 
he's garbage. So <laughs> that even shouldn't, shouldn't even count. But anyway, Sam jumped some weight classes, right? So he went from middleweight to light heavyweight. So a bunch of his losses were at light heavyweight, right? Went back down to middleweight and had more losses, I think. Yeah, he had a catchweight fight here, a light heavyweight debut that he actually one and then i think he's been fighting at light heavyweight it looks like for a little while those were the losses in the draw he returned to middleweight a couple fights ago and he got choked out and then he just had a split decision loss right look i'm not telling you like you know he could maybe pick some better fights and do a better job but at the end of the day god damn we, <laughs> we don't normally keep people after three losses in a row i this is incredible well sam if you've noticed his fights he is of that cowboy mentality and will yeah. take the short notice fights and jump in and save cards for the UFC. Right, right. And right. he doesn't guarantee he does not make as much money as Jeremy Stevens was making. Mm-hmm. And he'll do short notice fights. You need people like that in the organization. He He's a fun guy. Even when yeah. he loses, you know, he's entertaining. He usually gets finished if he loses. So, you know, that adds excitement to the card. So mm-hmm. if you're not he's paying right. him that much money, it's good to have someone like that on the UFC or on the roster for the UFC. So if he loses this fight, imagine it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's gotten his grace period after his acceptable amount of losses. So mm-hmm. if he loses this one, it's this isn't a short notice fight. So, yeah. Probably by the packing. Yeah, they probably told him like you're gonna have to have a camp, and you lose this, you're done. All right, before we get to this final main event for this weekend's card, it was announced Alexander Gustafson returning at heavyweight against Ben Rothwell. Gustafson, a guy I've always enjoyed. He's had these wars with Daniel Cormier and John Jones early on that were just tremendous, and he's never quite. It's unfortunate he was so close. He split decisions, losses that he arguably could have won. And against two of the greatest of all time. And he never quite got there. And he's had other performances like where he fought at heavyweight before against Redoom. And he got caught early in a choke, which can happen. Arguably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Yeah. That's your your debut. That's a tough debut. Right. You know, he's been caught by Rumble Johnson. That was a headbutt. There was a headbutt in that. And there was also, you know, his fight with Jones where he came back where things didn't work out as well. That's John Jones. So... He took a lot of time off. That's the thing that concerns me, I guess, with this is that, you know, he's just not as active. But he's a guy to me that if he doesn't get caught, he can beat a guy like Rothwell. He's got a name. Like, he's a guy that could be exciting for this heavyweight division. I, I, I want him to do well. He could, you know, put fresh air. Like, Alexander Gustafson, if he could be at the way he fought at light heavyweight at his peak at heavyweight, which... I know might be asking a lot, but if he could, and God, you had Francis Nagano like under contract still, that's an interesting fight. You know, yeah. I've seen that form of Alexander goes at heavyweight with the range to be able to keep his distance, able to maybe throw a takedown or two like that could be an exciting fight. By all means, it's fantasy right now. We have to see how if Alex can look that good at heavyweight, but I just wish this guy had nothing but success because to me, like he's he was so on the brink of, you know, that next level. Right. You remember what he did to our current light heavyweight champion, Glover Teixeira, when he hit him yeah. with those three uppercuts. consecutive uppercuts. I mean, his boxing is, you know, top, top level in MMA. And if he can 
gain a little bit more power moving up to heavyweight, but keep his movement because he has good footwork too. If he can keep that speed and you know put on a few more pounds, a little bit more power, his takedown defense is good. You know he can perform takedowns himself if he needs to change levels and mix up the fight. But I think he could be a problem at heavyweight. He he just needs to find some consistency. That's mm-hmm. all, and stay healthy. All the things he struggled with. He has been unlucky. If he was, Brennan Schaub has said this before, I believe, but if he was in any other era where he wasn't with DC and John Jones, you know, he's, we're all calling him the greatest light heavyweight of all time, you know? Yeah. Unlucky guy. I wish him nothing but the best. He is one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love Gus. I hope he can do this. I think Rothwell is a tough matchup. For him though just he's just the toughest guy rothwell he's durable he's powerful he's okay on the ground he's he's very good on the ground yeah so i just think it's a again for gustafson i don't know on his team who is like yeah this is a good matchup for us but right. he he only fights killers so yeah. i think it's a tough matchup i w- i do hope he wins i like rothwell as well but i i do want to see gus like you said maybe make the heavyweight division his new home and, and become a, a big name and a star in the division. 35 years old. It's the time is now if he can. Do well, it. heavyweight. Yeah. That's your prime oh. heavyweight. So, right. Oh, he's had time. I, you know, some people are good with a time off. I hope he is. Let's get into this main event this weekend. Strickland versus Hermanson. Hermanson. He has had some interesting fights. He just beat Edmund Sebastian, who was a, Big He's prospect. been on a bit of a slide lately, though, right? Yeah, well, he lost Marvin before that. He beat Gaston before that. He lost to Jared Kennedy before that. But then he beat Alligator Man, you know, Souza, Brent. So he was on a tear, but he lost a couple here and there. Whoa, Strickland look. has won four in his four in a row, right? He like took yeah. some time off, yes. and then he came back and he's won his last four in a row, I think. Yeah, Strickland has actually won five in a row. And there was two finishes, but then the decisions were Jotko, Uriah Hall, and Jack Marshman. So all tough guys to finish. Right, Strickland. that Uriah Hall win is a big win for him because Uriah was on a streak as well. Yes. So. I mean, I think these are two really good contenders. Like, I think that the winner of this could be near a middleweight championship match. I do think you got guys like Jared Kenner before them, Brunson. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think these guys are definitely in the discussion. It's funny. Yeah, Strickland's more on a tear. But Hermanson, I think, very good on the ground. And I think he presents some potential problems if he can get Strickland on the ground. But I don't know about that. <laughs> right. He's good everywhere. So we love Uriah Hall, obviously. But... Strickland knew what he was getting when he gets into a fight with Uriah Hall. He's going to get a stand-up fight. And all he did was, you know, pressure him, put more volume out than Uriah, and he ended up beating him in a decision. Hermanson's a little bit different. He's better, you know, he's well-rounded. And so Strickland has to be prepared for takedowns and for a stand-up war if Jack wants to keep it there. So just having to worry about that extra little bit I, I think makes a big difference. I, I'm pretty sure that Strickland is the favorite in this fight, although it might be like a slight favorite or whatever. They're next to each other in the rankings. Manson actually outranks him. He's six and Strickland is seven. Yeah, but Strickland was low and has re- like yes. rocketed up recently. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Hermanson. 
I, I can't I can't really tell you why. I think just because he's so well rounded, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's usually pretty composed. Yes, he he's mentally um, strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I, I'm gonna go with him. Maybe catches him late with a submission or something. I'm not going to argue this. Um, I was actually leaning towards a Manson too. It's interesting because I think Strickland is the potential bigger star. Yeah. <clears throat> I think he's more comfortable on the mic. But I think Hermanson is just a more well-rounded fighter. And that's the thing in MMA. Just because you can talk doesn't mean you can necessarily win the fight. Although Strickland's a good fighter. I'm not taking any room. I just think I like this matchup. Yeah, I think he's going to be good to weather the, you know, pressure that Strickland's going to bring to him. Yeah, and I'm looking at this top five. You know, Whitaker's obviously based in Adesanya next. Then we got Marvin. You got Jared Kennier, Derek Brunson, and Paul Acosta. Acosta has to go up to light heavyweight per Dana. Oh, okay. So he might Because remember, he refused to cut weight against Vittori. Yeah, I mean, also, like. Adesanya has, I mean, obviously he beat Brunson too, but that was a different Brunson. I think yeah, that Brunson, was a, that was before Blonde Brunson. Blonde Brunson's <laughs> bringing a different energy for sure. He's yeah, been on a Whitaker, Whitaker beat an early in his career Brunson too, but yeah, Blonde Brunson appears to be unstoppable. Shaped like Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I think he, he actually kind of reminds me of Wesley Snipes from, I think it's the Demolition Man. Demolition Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think him or Jared Kennier has had to be next in line for whoever wins the upcoming Adesanya Whitaker fight. Yeah, I think maybe the winner of of this Strickland Hermanson fight maybe fights uh, the guy who's not getting the title shot. Maybe. Yeah, or like a Kelvin Gastelum, maybe. Well, I mean, like a lot of it depends too on what happens with Adesanya. And, oh yeah, right. That could Whitaker, be an immediate rematch. Right. Yeah. Whitaker match, wins. Yeah. yeah I think we're getting a trilogy. If Adesanya wins, then assuming he wants to fight again. I don't know. Maybe I'd go Jared Kennedy over Brunson. Maybe it's hard to say. And like uh, the winner, like I said, of this fight would probably face whoever's not getting the title shot. But if Whitaker is fighting, then actually I could see the winner of this fight in Marvin too. And then you could do Kennedy versus Brunson and have kind of like a, you know, top contenders uh, go at it. Which is always I fun. think if Adesanya wins, I think you're going to see Brunson next. They, they have a little bit of heat. Yeah, you know Brunson's been calling him out since you know he's started this run. He looks like a completely different fighter, so you can kind of build the fight. I, I see. I, I would imagine Brunson probably gets the fight. Hermanson has said that he thinks he's a problem for Adesanya stylistically. Everyone you, says that. Yeah, they do. That's what I say. Do you agree? I don't. I mean, yeah, ideally, but like, I don't. The only one who's really taken him down was Chan at light heavyweight. Right, no one has been able to institute their game plan. So until I see someone actually, like, you know, all these people could do this, could do that, but nobody ever seems to be able to do it. You know, we'll see. Whitaker, I imagine, is going to fight this fight much smarter than he did the last one. I bet you see him go for a lot of takedowns and kicking Izzy's legs a lot. If he can do that and, you know, actually do it and get a win that way, I think... I think you're going to see other people not quite as afraid of Izzy and and there's a blueprint to beat him. Not that they'd be able to implement the same game plan that someone the skill level of Whitaker could do, but I I think there'll be a blueprint if he could accomplish that. I agree. I think Whitaker is an interesting, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this next week, but he's an interesting fighter in the sense that it's hard to tell right now with the pandemic, but that's the one thing about MMA. Like Whitaker is a star in Australia. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, you try to book fight cards, stuff like that. So, like, yeah, he might not have that pay-per-view quality, but, like, they can fill out an arena in Australia and they can get a big box office down there. Whitaker's happy with that. And uh, he's also a really smart fighter. He doesn't really get into people's games too often. And he learned from his mistakes. Right. That was the big surprise in the last one is he just got into a firefight with Izzy, which, you know, he said that Izzy got into his head and, you know, he was bothered by it. And that's, you know, just got caught up in the moment. So I expect him to be much smarter in this fight and and pose much more of a problem for Adesanya. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that fight. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week. I'd ask you what's coming up, but I think we just said it. So. That's right. So next week, we're going to talk about UFC uh, 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker 2. And then on the 19th, we're going to do the UFC Fight Night, Rafael versus Rafael, Dos Anjos versus Fazeev. At the end of the month, on the 26th, it's going to be UFC Fight Night, Dariush versus Makachev. All right, folks. Until then, keep listening to Combat Cast, and we'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.